Um, I'm glad you're all here. We'll dive in. Today, we're going to talk about some relationship stuff, restoring uh, broken or troubled relationships or relationships that have, have grown tense with conflict. This is the next passage in 2 Corinthians and we're, we're moving out of that topic of affliction and suffering and comfort that we've been in for a week and going to be taking more verses at a time, moving a little bit more quickly now. And uh, I still think this will be applicable, especially as many of us as families are confined into our homes a little bit more than usual. Uh, there's lots of opportunity for tension and conflict and for stress on our relationships and I think this passage is going to be helpful to us. Um, hey, Kathy. So here in verses 12 through 14 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul is starting to pivot from talking about affliction and comfort to restoring their relationship. Remember, he had a lot of conflict with these Christians in Corinth, and they many of them were opposed to him. Uh, apparently, he was supposed to have come to visit them, but instead of coming to visit, he sent a letter that came across really harsh, and um, there, there's just a lot of turmoil in that relationship. Paul's starting to address that and seek restoration in the relationship now. And so this passage does a couple of things. It legitimizes Paul's ministry for us, just like it, it did for them as they read it. But it also gives us a really good example for how Christians deal with uh, relationships that are under stress. Yeah, uh, and I want you to have real relationships. Sorry, I'm getting texts. I put it on do not disturb, but I guess that doesn't matter. Um, I want you to have in your mind your relationships, especially any that are broken right now. People that you used to be close with but are not anymore because of some conflict or misunderstanding in the past. Or uh, it might be smaller than that as people that you're still close with and in touch with. But uh, due to conflict, there's tension there. Um, it's It feels easiest to avoid conflict. I told you guys before, I took a test, and I am, uh, according to the test, 100% conflict averse, which means I hate conflict. Do you guys, I wonder if some of you guys are uh, really, you do not like conflict either, like me. But even though it might seem easiest to give up on a relationship when there's conflict, it's not an option as Christians, especially between Christians, as brothers and sisters. Forgiveness and restoration is in our DNA. We can always restore our relationships. So uh, we're going to see in these three verses, uh, the way I'm going to frame it for our purposes is two goals in restoring relationships. So have your real relationships in your mind. And uh, we'll begin with verse 12. My brother will not stop texting. We never text each other until I'm, now I'm doing a Facebook Live video. He's texting like crazy. Kathy doesn't like comment. My brother and I are about to have some conflict, it looks like. Okay, so the first goal in restoring relationships is a clear conscience. The two are going to be a clear conscience and clear communication. This, is, this doesn't say everything there is to say about restoring relationships, but this is good. It's good enough daily bread for us today, I think. So first, a clear conscience, and that's in verse 12. He says, for our boast is this, the testimony of our conscience, that we behaved in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God, and supremely so toward you. So 
basically what Paul is saying is, Timothy and I, we've looked back over our behavior toward you, and our conscience declares that we're all good. We do not feel that we've done anything wrong. He says our boast is this. What he means is our confidence uh, is that we are in the clear. We do not have anything wrong that we need to deal with. He doesn't mean self-glorification type boasting, which is a major theme in the Corinthian church. I think he's using that language to kind of turn it on its head for these Christians who boasted so much in a sinful way. He's saying our boast is that we really don't believe we've done anything wrong. He says the testimony of our conscience that's the God-given moral sense that all humans have that gets sharpened and recalibrated over time as you're a Christian. It gets put back into the right condition and gives you a, an internal sense when you've done something wrong that you need to correct. And he's saying our conscience is clear. Uh, we look back over our behavior and we behave with simplicity, sincerity, and uh, by the grace of God. Simplicity, usually that word is translated holiness. Uh, here is translated simplicity, and by context, I think it just means integrity. He says, we, we did not behave in a crooked way. We, we had integrity and simplicity. Um, godly sincerity, that's the idea of being genuine. There, there, he was always genuine in his dealings with the Corinthians. And then not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God, it means that the driving motivation and wisdom behind the way he related to the Corinthians was not fleshly gut instinct. It was the grace of God. Uh, presumably, his conscience would have bothered him if he looked back and saw that he had been crooked or insincere or operated by fleshly wisdom, but as it is, he felt good about how they behaved. So this is really relatable for me. Any conflict I've gotten into, any conflict you've gotten into, you probably know that conflict post-mortem that you have to do when you have to sift through, okay, the emotions have died down, the tension has eased, the dust has settled, and then you have to sift back through and think, how did I behave during that? Uh, especially with, with this cabin fever, you might be having multiple opportunities for this per day. Uh, this, this passage gives us a pretty good little self-examination tool, three good questions we can ask ourselves. Uh, so as you're thinking about your relationships, if you have any tension or fractured uh, relationships right now, ask these questions of yourself. Have I or did I behave simply in a, in a straightforward way with integrity? Have I behaved sincerely? In other words, it, have I been genuine? Have I been speaking honestly and sincerely? Have I been gracious? Have I been operating as someone who has received the grace of God through Jesus Christ and now wants to transmit that same grace to these relationships, these people that I'm involved with? If the answer is no to any of those questions, or if your conscience troubles you about any of your behavior, then as Christians, we know the path to take out of that. Um, we just need to confess what we've done wrong to God and to those that we've sinned against and ask for their forgiveness. And based on Jesus' death on the cross for us, receive God's forgiveness, hopefully the forgiveness of the people that we wronged in the midst of the conflict, and repent, turn away from it, and try to live the way that we're designed to live. Um, there, there's really no other way out of the 
the thick of conflict and to start there with self-examination. What, what have I done wrong? To seek a clear conscience is, is step one. And then you can see step two in this passage, which is clear communication. So, so Paul, he's already established he has a clear conscience, and, and now he's wanting to establish clear communication. So let's read verses 13 and the first part of verse 14. This is some confusing syntax, too, we're about to read. Listen. For we are not writing to you anything other than what you read and understand, and I hope you will fully understand, just as you did partially understand us. And we'll stop there. Uh, that was a little bit awkward phrasing, um, but basically what he's writing is, I'm saying what I mean. What I'm writing is, is exactly what I mean. You don't have to read between the lines. There's no subterfuge here. I, I'm not trying to pull anything on you. I'm being straightforward. What I'm saying that you're reading, that you're understanding, that is what I mean. Um, nothing generates paranoia like conflict where the, the person you're in conflict with, they say whatever they're saying and, and you try to read between the lines and figure out what do they really mean by that? Or what does that body language say? What are they really thinking? Um, and sometimes in conflict, we don't say what we mean. There's various reasons we're trying to control the outcomes. Uh, we're trying to protect ourselves. We're resorting to being passive aggressive. We're using sarcasm to hurt a little bit more than if we just said what we mean using hyperbole to make our point. Um, sometimes we don't say what we mean because we just don't want to take the time to do it. We just want the conflict to just go away so we can get on about our business and to have a clear conversation just requires too much slowing down to stop. What, whatever it is, the best way out of a conflict with someone that you love and that you need to restore a relationship with, after you've established a clear conscience and address what you may have done wrong, is to communicate clearly. Uh, one way I, I phrase it a lot is say what you're saying. Um, I've tried to help people in conflict sometimes as a pastor, and sometimes that's the best advice for people who are trying to verbally hurt each other or verbally cover their tracks, is just say what you're saying. Like Say what you're really saying here. Say what you're really thinking, what you're really wanting to convey. Uh, to seek clarity in conversation is very helpful in conflict. To take some time alone to get clear on what you need to communicate and then come and just say it and, and let the person respond. Um, it might just be saying, honestly, I don't know why I got so upset. The, the issue at hand didn't warrant the response that I gave, and I honestly don't understand why. Um, it might just be starting there, just admitting that you aren't sure what, what happened. Um, or it might be, I yelled at you about this, when in, in reality, I was more upset about this that had nothing to do with you. And it all came out on you, and I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Uh, it might be, you have hurt me because of this. And uh, I didn't want to just say that because it made me look weak, so I've been giving you the cold shoulder. or what. However, whatever it is, or it might just be, hey... I just need to, I listen to the daily devotion and I just need to plop out there everything I'm thinking and feeling and I want you to do the same and we'll sift through it together and we'll restore our relationship. It could look like that. 
Uh, but there is hope for your fractured relationship. I have seen God do awesome works of restoration in the midst of conflict in my own life and in our church. And, uh, and hope is the note that our passage ends on, the second part of verse 14. On the day of our Lord Jesus, you will boast of us as we will boast of you. So here he's returning to that boasting language. Um, he's, he means you'll be proud of us and we'll be proud of you. Our relationship will be restored. When Jesus returns, we won't need to be ashamed of our behavior toward you and our relationship with you. And you won't need to be ashamed of your relationship with us and your behavior toward us. It will be restored. Uh, so your assignment from this passage today, ask God if there's any broken relationships that you can take some steps toward restoring based on this passage by seeking a clear conscience and by seeking clear communication. The good news in Jesus Christ, there is plenty of mercy and there's plenty of grace and there's plenty of forgiveness to go around. We can always forgive each other. We can always restore our relationships with each other in Christ.